This episode is brought to you by Podmetrics. Podmetrics is a podcast analytics platform that enables podcasters to see all the relevant data they need to know about their podcast's audience. Sign up now at podmetrics.co and use the referral code RESTING2XPOD. Again, the code RESTING2XPOD. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I said give me a hell yeah! Hey, this is Zeta Zane. Hey, everyone. This is Jeff Cobb. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. Hey, this is DJP, the Phil and Flash, and you are listening to Stan, Bro, Chino, and Camos on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Stan C. at your service together with Ro Moran, Raf Camus, and Trina Liao on this fine Wednesday evening, June 17th. And we've got a lot to talk about for tonight. Um, for starters, our special guest for this evening. He's a Filipino artist who has worked with the likes of Timothy Thatcher, who you may recognize from NXT. Keller Kelly of NXT UK and Jessica Havoc. His name is Chino Andin and frankly, he is one of our favorite artists in the PWR locker room because he uh, makes some really cool fan art for uh, the PWR guys and girls. So we'll get to talk to him about his art. We're also going to be talking about Backlash, a little bit about the New Japan Cup and some news about uh, the world of wrestling. But we're going to start things off by uh, talking about some current events again, like we always do with every episode of the podcast. And oh, yes. uh, Ro, you wanted to mention this uh, at the start of the week. So I'll let you set the table for us. No, actually, I, I heard about the takes of Dwight Howard and Kyrie Irving. And I, I actually didn't get to do too much research uh, heading into it. I, I thought um, you might know it better. But from what I know about it is that they are kind of reviews, refusing to play uh, when the NBA continues in 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 a while in, soon, but they're going to continue soon in Florida. Yeah, so we're going to resume season by next month, uh, mid July, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, there is a v- very vocal group that isn't very happy about it. So you know, Kyrie yeah, yeah, Irving yeah. is involved, uh, uh, Dwight Howard, as you mentioned. Um, yung basic, uh, yung gist ng dahilan nila is they want to uh, draw attention towards Black Lives Matter, and they feel like playing will serve as a distraction oh, from the cause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I agree with that. And I do think that uh, when I heard about it, I, I thought to myself, maybe that for me, that was why I haven't been so into pro wrestling as much right now. Because not just in the States, but also here, uh, you, you all know, I mean, like the, the terror bills, one signature away from getting passed. Uh, Maria Ress has been convicted of cyber libel and, and her former writer. And to me, I feel like they have a point in that if they play, uh, it's just going to serve as a possible distraction to people when there are so many other uh, worthwhile causes to to get into and pay attention to at the moment. And to me, I'm like, uh, should I also feel the same way about wrestling? Like, uh, do I need this? As well, when there are so many other shit that needs to be uh, paid mind to, I don't know what you guys think, especially you, Stan, because you you were the one who told me then that you sympathize with Sinekairi and Dwight Howard. 
Yeah, I, I really agree with them naman eh. Kasi may punto naman talaga. You know, um, we, we do need more people getting in on well, the conversation. Is Stan even here anymore? Oh, shit. What, I... what happened? This, this stream is no, falling apart. No, <laughs> no, he's here. Bakal, I see him. Oh, yeah, bakal no. ikaw lang. Ikaw lang yun, Parang saying, is Stan even here anymore? Yes, he's okay, here. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, as I was saying, uh, you know, there, there, uh, there is a need for people to jump in and be part of the conversation, but at the same yes, time, gets got in your opposite point of view. Um, uh, I believe it was Austin Rivers of the Houston Rockets who said it's easy for someone like Kyrie Irving, who makes more money than ninety nine point uh, than ninety nine percent of the league, to say, "Nah, hey guys, don't play." Because if you need money, you need money. That is money that can actually go towards funding. Uh, people who need bail or funding the protests for Black Lives Matter. So I get that. But um, on the flip side, uh, I talked to Moonshine from 8-Bit Fiction last week on, on uh, our radio show, and she brought up a good point about how uh, it's okay to rest, it's okay to recharge. So there's nothing wrong with uh, detaching from time to time just so you're, you're able to have the energy to keep fighting. Like, you, right, you shouldn't right. take it on yourself that you're going to mundo 24-7. I actually came to that conclusion then on my own, I think, na saying, okay, uh, people do need these distractions every once in a while. Uh, who am I then to take it away from them, right? Even though uh, the WWE may be a shitty company, we'll get to that in a bit, right? Uh, even though so many people are suffering and dying even and getting persecuted for either being black or you know being an opponent of this uh, administration, uh, I think um, it's really just okay for us as long as we also remember to get back in the fight, I guess, uh, is enough. But I don't know. Would you, uh, what, what do you think? Would you want them to stop playing at all? Igal Kamos, what do you think? No, Kamos is gone now. Kamos has left the conference. Kamos has left the building. Yeah, I, I would like them to keep playing, actually. I'd like them to come back, but I think it's a bad idea because there's no vaccine, and then you're going to bring all these people and confine them to Orlando. Um, you're going to keep them away from their families. You don't know what their family lives are like. Uh, they could have a wife who's expecting a baby, and if their wife nila in July, you're going to ask them to miss the birth of their kid just so they can resume playing in a very yeah, contained yeah. environment in front of zero fans. Yeah. yeah, and then you have to travel. It doesn't make sense to me. Right. Oh, well, uh, I guess here it is. Uh, the good thing is, I mean, the thing about it is uh, it's okay, I guess, as long as you're taking care of, or as long as the leagues are taking care of their players, which is not something we can say for the WWE. Uh, yes, we yeah. found out, yeah. yeah, as we found out go, go, go. Just, just yesterday, I think, we found out just yesterday, uh, WWE had their very second, their second, their second, uh, Positive COVID nineteen case. It confirmed was case. confirmed case. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was some Shepard. They don't tell you who it is. It was some developmental talent, uh, a performance center recruit. They, we don't know who it is exactly, but with all the lax uh, restrictions in the WWE performance center as they tape their shows, I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it's. It's going to be long before everyone else is in danger of getting the virus. Yeah, sobrang irresponsible lang nitong, uh, you know, the way they've handled COVID-19. It was a matter of time until something like this was going to happen, di ba? Uh, Chino, Camus, what, what, do you, what do you guys take on this? I don't know, man. It was a matter of time before it was going to happen. You Chino, know? you want to go first? 
Okay. I am going, Tamos. I am going. I've been talking. <laughs> interrupted my team of thought. Oh no, his internet is soft soil. He can't yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the new normal. It sucks today. It sucks today. Yeah, uh, I think go Chino, go Chino. Just no, go. but I mean, I, I, I get that what Rome jumped off from was that people uh, still need uh, their little escapes from the real world now. Like, if you just spend 100% of your time worrying and being anxious about the world we live in now, so I get that companies like the WWE, certain streaming services, etc., production companies have still been producing content, and that's great. But at the same time, the WWE has taken this whole COVID-19 situation very, very lightly. They, they didn't take it as seriously as they should have, uh, considering that, A, they jump through all the political loops that we consider an essential business, and B, they keep forcing people to show up for wrestling events, for pay-per-views and whatnot that they tape inside the performance center. Granted that they follow protocols and whatnot, but if somebody else gets sick and if the virus can spread, it's not taken as seriously as it should have. And, and that's what's disappointing about it. To me, I think that if this is going to be um, the strong, I mean, if this is going to turn into a real mess, and by real mess, I, I mean that a lot, of, a lot more people are going to get the virus, talent is going to get the virus, uh, crew is going to get the virus, I think this might be the straw that breaks a camel's back. Uh, I think this could be the catalyst for, like, I don't know, a mutiny of some sort, I think. Uh, people demanding the demanding the tapings to get shut down and to go home like Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn did. Yeah, uh, look at the crowd. Nagulat nga ako na this week there were actually fans in attendance on Monday yeah. Night Raw and they weren't wearing masks. Dun palang yep. ang nakim problem na yun eh. So, um, I, I don't know who approved this. I don't know uh, who gave them the go signal na ah, okay lang na, we're gonna proceed as normal. Um, you know, if, if the WWE's plan is to have live audiences again as early as next month and then Sila ng confirmed positive case ngayong June. That's really gonna push them back. And um it, it just blows my mind that there are still people who think na it's mas important na we restart the economy, we get the business going at the cost of the health of, of the people who actually make the economy run. Yeah, they're gonna find out eventually the hard way, uh, if they don't find out now, right? So it's just I I, I hate to say it because I don't want anyone to suffer at all. It means that someone's going to suffer if someone has to find out the hard way. I just don't want it happening. Sorry, and this is me being a pessimist here, but anything short of Vince getting COVID himself is not going to stop COVID-19 protocols from happening. Like They'll still keep doing what they do, even if they have half the roster sick with COVID. But until Vince McMahon himself gets COVID-19, Nothing is going to change. Like See, that's, now our ray of sunshine. That's the only way this stops, man. Seriously. Nothing, nothing will change. Not... Yeah, nothing will yes. change. Kind of like... Uh, oh, yeah. It's kind of unfortunate because uh, there is no way 
Kaya mo yun, Camus. Kaya mo yun na walang droga. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. Just keep going and I'll let you know if you're on the right track. <laughs> okay. 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 So it's like, you know how, you know how like when, um, when Roman, when Roman and Sammy started getting this, getting all of this, like stay home, all of that. And they were thinking, okay, you know, pass up, pass up the paydays, pass up everything just to get an off, just to keep themselves safe. They right. look like the much smarter guys now, don't they? No, they've, all, they've always looked like the much smarter Because it's guys. like, they knew, they knew that this, it was going to go this way. Yeah, and it's like, no, they, those were the guys who knew what was up, and they're the ones who are now being, you know, uh, you know, rebellious, being rebellious does pay off every now and then, and this is one of those times. That's it. So it's like good for them, but then them dumb. can everyone else call them dumb. take the time to be as standing again? Wait, hold internet on. did the internet did. Yeah, okay, come with his own podcast. No, I, I, I'm not sure. Kung, uh, oh, ano, like, if you, what was there like a vocal minority uh, that that said na napaka ill advice ni na Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn for uh, you know for putting themselves on the shelf because of the pandemic? I don't think so. I mean, uh, somebody tweeted out na Roman Reigns is actually the smartest guy in the room because he took a break, kept his kept himself safe from COVID. He's raising his kids. And he's making four hundred dollars a pop, recording thirty-second cameos in the comfort of his own Kept home. Kept his kids safe. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone. I, I think there is a vocal minority that that you know that trashed them. I'm sure the the white people who don't believe in COVID nineteen have taken them to task for abandoning their duties to the WWE. So I'm sure there's that. But for most, for the most part, I think uh, a lot of us. Have always thought that they were the smart ones for taking care of their health. Yeah, so uh, you know, I, I think now more than ever, uh, this really smarter ones. How, how Roman and Sammy were the were the smarter ones. So yeah, jokes on jokes on WWE. All right, uh, we'll we'll get to backlash and the New Japan Cup talk in a bit. It's time to bring on our guest. I believe he's backstage. So Babyface producer Ryan's going to be um, having us or having him join us uh, very, very soon. So for those of you who just joined the live stream or uh, if, you, if you just tuned into this part of the podcast, um, our guest for tonight is a local artist. Oh, it's not yet backstage. Let me send him a message. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was going to set him up with the intro. So, yeah. uh, let, let's, uh, while I uh, get just, him to join the live chat. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about Backlash real quick. Let's talk about the greatest wrestling match ever. Oh, okay. loved, it. loved it. Yeah. Uh, you know what? When it, when it, when it was it was when it was first advertised. I don't know why I thought it was gonna be like you know your general your typical fifteen minute or ten to fifteen minute match, right? So when they actually went all all the way to forty five minutes, hmm. that that was when it entered the conversation for. Great wrestling match. Not greatest wrestling match ever, but great wrestling match. Uh, ako kasi, okay, when, when something is immediately touted as 
the pretty great. good caliber. No, okay. So when something is touted as the greatest or the best before it actually happens, people immediately become um, we become critical of the product. Because talaga greatest talaga to. Wala pa greatest na agad, diba? so We haven't seen it. We don't know what it's about, and we only have the current WWE product to base off of, diba? Which hasn't been all that great. Let's be honest. So when they say something the greatest wrestling match ever, and, and put all the pop and all the, and the excitement and push behind it, you can't help but be critical. Now, that being said, I appreciated it. I Was it the greatest wrestling match ever? No. But was it pretty good? Yes. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, I didn't think it picked up until like the last act. Pretty so good category, good. but then also... <laughs> Oh, but also what? I was going to say, it's also a very good greatest showman insert. Yeah, we talked about this. If they were just, if that was the branding and that's how they got this match sponsored. Oh. What's the the ending clause? Like, you set it up. No, no, no. It's my internet. That none of us can see. No, it's like... No, no, no. So, just because of the greatest showman, just because of the greatest showman branding, yeah, it's like it's good. It works. It's it like I can live with it. I can live with it branding wise. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like ah, oh, come on, man. The the pre hype was there, but I I enjoyed this thing so well, so much, so much. Yeah, I did too. I enjoyed it, Dinaman. I mean, um, I'm not oh, gonna lie. I'm actually yeah, happy that Christian got involved after all, and that um, now there's talk about Christian versus Randy Orton down the road. I'm not sure that's possible, given that Christian is in his mid 40s and that he's got all those, uh, all that history with concussion issues. So I'm not sure how he's gonna get clearance for that. But if he's medically cleared and he's Injuries, not gonna yeah. get, uh, COVID-19, then I'm all for it. No, I think uh, if if Daniel Bryan get, can get cleared, if uh, you know if that could happen, if Edge could get cleared, but I think they're they're pinning some sort of hope on Christian. Edge, yeah. yeah see, see Daniel Edge Bryan, got cleared. You president Dita, if we see that for all of this to happen, because I mean, if it weren't for Daniel Bryan, Edge wouldn't wouldn't be inspired enough to look for alternative means uh, for his condition, the right? Uh, he said as much in his uh, documentaries. That's so, true. So I I I That's totally true. agree true. with you guys, and, and, and maybe Christian might have a shot here right? if he if he has concussion issues, which I might not as be as serious as Edge's uh, cell concussion, but not as serious. He might have a shot here. Right? All these other wrestlers who had to bow out pretty early in their career might have shots here at coming back into the ring. Yeah, it's just really unfortunate that Edge got injured after the greatest wrestling match ever. He's got a torn tricep, and um, I don't know what the prognosis is for, uh, or, or what the timeline is for uh, around eight months. Tricep. Around eight months. So he's basically out for the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. So, Not so bad. I, I find it kind of ironic that when Edge had to retire, basically, and then it became Christian versus Royal Rumble, Rumble next year. Forward to twenty twenty, you know, naman Edge gets taken out by an injury, and then si Christian na naman yung feud with Randy Orton. <laughs> oh man, assuming assuming Christian does go to distance, which is actually a pretty funny. Deja vu again, no? Yep. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Assuming he comes back, yeah. So there. Uh, any other thoughts? But it's on not, you know, it's very poetic. It's very poetic, and I wish we could see it because, yeah. Because what? <laughs> yeah, I'm just asking because I'd like to finish the thought. Parang nabibitin ako. Parang what's the thought? Like, yeah, it's very poetic because yeah. And I'm like, what is like, yeah, what? Yeah, what? Yeah, what? I don't mean to sound like an English teacher. But your clothes don't end, bro. <laughs> he fucking walked out. <laughs> he left the conversation. <laughs> we made Cubs leave. Uh, to be fair, he was actually kind of stopping short, and it was kind of getting frustrating. Yeah, it, 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 uh, the fact like, that like, we made Cubs leave in this one episode. Stick like these, fingers. like these edge runs, he kept he keeps getting stuff short. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fair, I will say, uh, I I will say, uh, you said getting the sign that it, the match didn't pick up until the last act. Like, yeah, I figured I didn't realize actually that they were gonna go the whole distance when I was watching it in parts. Yeah, I don't. Oh, me part for Oh, maybe does that mean that it's not gonna be the main event of the show? But it turns yeah. out, I think. Uh, Edge is watching other other promotions like New Japan is paying off because they they built it like you would uh, a long ass New Japan match, a New Japan main event where it started it's slow at the start and then it kind of goes up uh, in intensity along the way. And then I like that Randy Orton was also there for the whole ride along the way, and that they managed to pull it off at near the end. Yeah, I also the Japan homages. There were also homages to their uh, to Orton and Edge's previous matchups, about like the counters to the RKO and the fact that Andy Orton brought back the punt to end the whole thing. That was yes. that to me was the best part. Yes. I love that. Yeah. I love the punt. Yeah, that that's my favorite version of Randy Orton, the legend killer Randy Orton. Yung papatay ng tower Randy Orton to me is is this the the most perfect version of Orton ever. So the fact that he brought back the punt was just it sealed the deal for me. And I also like the different camera angles that they use, uh, because it struck a good balance between having a wrestling match and a cinematic match without one or the other going overboard. Uh, mm. There were angles there where it was obvious that the camera guy was inside the ring, but then it still made the thing work for me. It still told a pretty good story, and you know that I appreciate. Do you know what did you think of the post prod additions to the match? Like you can tell that they added like crowd atmosphere. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That is what distracted me the most because they made it sound like a jam packed arena, the barang twenty thousand seaters. Pero it was obvious na sampung tao lang yun as a crowd, di ba? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not just in I have to say, it was very distracting to hear all the, this is awesome, pero wala pang bente yung tao sa crowd mo. <laughs> very distracting, so. I don't know. Uh, I could, I could, I couldn't deny that it helped then. I, I knew the, I felt na ginagago kami, na, na okay, wala naman talaga match. Uh, wala talagang crowd dito na ganun karami. But I couldn't I, I couldn't help but deny the fact that it helped the atmosphere for me. You know? 
buti na lang talaga na may ano na may performance center guys stand uh, you know standing as the audience there otherwise it would have been really absurd to hear a full crowd without a without a crowd yeah okay yes sure also it also helped that the organic pops were there like later yeah, yeah, yeah. later on in the match you'd hear the guys yell out uh, fight forever which to me worked more much more than the you know ambient noise they added in post which was very distracting again but i mean yeah uh, it still worked it didn't, it didn't ruin the match for me as much sign guy camos is saying something he she loves said, the three amigos he loves love, oh the thing yeah yeah howard finkel's recycled intro so that's pretty that was pretty cool that was yeah, the was one post post prod i like for real yeah okay, yes that 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 whole intro part was pretty good as well. Yeah. Wait, I have to say something about that MSG sign that they lo- lowered down. So that's actually from the very first WrestleMania. Yeah. So yep. that prop that they lowered during the Howard Finkel introductions is on display by WrestleMania access. So when I went oh, wow. there last year, uh, they had the ring in which they had the very first WrestleMania. And then there was a standee of Howard Finkel. And then there was a replica of the mic. And then that very signage was there hanging. So wow. it was a really nice touch, Broadwise. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you can see the little touches that they added to this match. Eh? It just make it more special, especially to to fans who've been questioning the quality, I suppose, of the WWE product in the recent uh, iteration. So it's very good. I like the way they produced it. Yep. Kamas, uh, any any other points? Since you're on the call and we can see you moving, so I think we can hear you speaking. Voila. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, if there are any other points about backlash, we'll get to that uh, after the interview. Our guest is here. He's actually on the call. Do so I have to go back to the side? Uh, yeah. Late, yeah. Right you're late. You're late. Yeah, you're just a bit late, bud. Yes. No, you're. Okay, what? back to the sign. Okay, back to the sign. Back to the sign for Carlos. All right. In the meantime, let's uh, let's bring our guest in, Babyface producer Ryan. We've kept him waiting long enough. Let's give him a proper intro. Yay. One of our favorite local artists, and he's produced a lot of really, really good-looking PWR fan art. Na parang dinga fan art because it's so professional grade. Uh, you've seen his designs actually on pro wrestling tees for uh, for the wrestlers I mentioned at the top of the podcast, like Timothy Thatcher and Killer Kelly. Please welcome to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, Chino Andin. What's going on, guys? Hey, Chino. What's up, man? What's up? I'm good. Thank I'm you for joining well. us, man. Uh, thank, thank you for having me. All right. All right. All right. Uh, let's start off with uh, asking you what's what's been keeping you busy during the lockdown? Because, of we're all stuck at home. And I, I understand you're still in college, Deba. Right? Yeah. Um, well, if lockdown wasn't happening and if, you know, COVID wasn't happening, I'd actually be right now probably somewhere going towards the tail end of my second stage of thesis mm-hmm. uh <laughs> hi camus yes anyway i'll get to the i'll get to that in a minute um so yeah i would have been i would have been in in the middle of thesis uh i should have graduated by the end of the year and that was the plan mm-hmm. um to be able to make it to grad by the end of the year but you know obviously this all shot that all to hell so yeah, um, right now I've been keeping busy. Uh, actually, was doing commissions the past few months. Um, I took some time off this month to work on personal projects. Then I'll be back on in July. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I've been staying home. 
Um, I've only gone out to run errands or like you know go for supplies and groceries. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Can I ask what you're taking up in college? Uh, multimedia arts uh, in in Benilde. Yes. Hey. When you, when hey. you said work with media arts, that was the first thing. That was the first school that came. <laughs> there are other MMAs in other college. I don't think so. They call it something else. They call it something yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, the thing about college was so when I was in senior year, obviously I took the you know took the three the top three entrance test UP Ateneo Lasal. Um, Lasal, accept, I got accepted into, into Lasal. Did not get into UP or Ateneo, so I said, "Okay, fine. Let's, you know, at least I got into a college." So stayed there. Took foreign affairs for about two years. Then I transferred out to CSB. So that's why I'm. That's what I'm taking now. When did you first realize that you had a passion for art and that you were pretty damn good at it? Um, started. I mean, way, way before wrestling, way before anything. I was very much into comic books. Um, you know, Stanley, Jack Kirby. Well, okay, not Jack Kirby. I didn't. I'm not that old. Shit. Um, <laughs> Rob Liefeld, something like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so the funny thing about comics is that in order to get me to learn how to speak Tagalog, my dad bought me. Filipino comics. Oh um, man, Filipino comics. Yeah, namely Pugat Baboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's why you're a Paul Medina fan. Yes, Paul Medina. I actually met him in 2008 as a, at a book signing, and ever since then, um, I've I've actually been able to call him a friend because there hasn't been a comic on in the past how many years since I've gone where I have I haven't attended and I haven't seen him, and you know he's actually been very kind to me. So yeah, he's actually a very approachable dude. Like I've seen him yep. in court as well. Yep. So that's actually um, reading comics. Actually, started actually what got me to start, you know, picking up a pencil and drawing. Uh, at first, it was you know general superhero stuff like Spider Man, Batman, whatever. Um, I did. Yep. Trece Arnold Ara. Yep. Mythology class. Yep. Um, I mean, from there, like that, discovering that passion. Uh, this is a way for me to learn, not only not only just to learn how to work with my hands, but also like you know how to speak a language that technically that pretty much is mine. Yeah. Um, even if Can it's a second language. Yeah, I was raised when my parents. Basically, my whole family spoke to me in English, so. When I started learning Filipino in school, I was fucked. <laughs> yeah, because you know, no one, no one spoke to me in Tagalog. So, like, you know, every time you, anyone, anytime anyone speak to me in Tagalog, I, I'd have to like, I was stopped until they translated to English. So, yeah, pretty much it. Then, so, so do you have a work language wise? Sorry, 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 Tina. But how, how did it work language wise? Na uh, okay, so you've got copies of Pugad Baboy, and then. Uh, you would be able to pick up the Tagalog. Because like, um, I, ako, I learned my Tagalog through Tagalog dubs of anime like uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, Flame of Freka, Slam Dunk. Like, that's how I learned, right? So for yep. me, it was just hearing these words getting used in the context of conversations, kahit na it's in the context of like, you know, an anime. 
in your case, like reading it and then being able to translate that into spoken word, um, how did that work for you? Um, I mean, I had my dad, like mm -hmm. pretty much, you know, um, I'd say my dad was the more of the Filipino speaker in my, between me, him and my mom. Uh, my mom was the English era because mm -hmm. uh, my grand, my grandmother on her side, uh, she was an English teacher. In fact, she taught Father Go in oh. college. Yeah, father go from savior. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, my my grandma's an English teacher. She taught international students. She taught, you know. Um, so, I mean, grew, I I was I was technically like, I guess there's no other way to say it. I was pretty much sermoned every time I'd speak Tagalog around her. I mean, not for. I mean, I guess there wasn't really a malicious intent. Obviously, I think she was just you know because she didn't like how I sounded. I guess I don't know, maybe I was saying something wrong or my pronunciations were off. I don't I don't really know. But um yeah, my dad was the one who spoke Tagalog more to me. So if I had a question like, you know, what's this mean? What's that mean? Um he'd tell me, then I'd like to then it was just a matter of context. And then at that point just keep on uh, keep on learning, keep on learning, you know, get better at it. Um learn what not to say. Because, you know, there were actually some words that I'd learned now. It's like, that, that I'd actually say out loud and my parents would go, oh, that's not, no, no, let's not use that. <laughs> the first thing you always learn are the bad words anyway. Yes, you, yes. Any yeah. language, right? Like you ask, a, you ask a local from any language and that's the first thing they'll teach you. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's jump back to your comics roots for a bit. I'm a big comic fan myself. Um. Do you have any artists that you uh, are inspired by or are influenced by? Your favorite artists and whatnot? Um, to go local, Lionel Yu. All right, okay. Lionel Yu. Um, of course, you know, I'd have to actually give major props to the late, great C. Jerry Alan Gilan. Yes, legend. Yeah. Actually, I have. He's dead. I still can't believe yeah. he's dead. Sorry, sorry, my bad. It's okay, yeah. Um, no, that was a shock to me when I actually saw the news. Yeah. Um, he was actually the classmate. I don't remember if it was high school or college. The classmate of my aunt on my dad's oh. side. Yeah, so he actually messaged my... After I met him, I actually did show him like a couple of my works. I think it was back in 2010. Um, after I showed him a couple of my works, he actually messaged my tita. She go, and, he, and he actually sent her message more on the lines of, you know, it was pretty much like words of praise. And I do have a copy of that in my, I like printed out the message and taped it together, stuck it into my wallet uh, after he passed. Um, and I've actually kept that message ever since because that was, that came at the time when, I've actually had a few times where I, I, I've been low and you know, I'd have really like, you know, dark moments where I didn't know, hey, do I really want to do this? You know, cause uh, I mean, being in savior, I mean, Savior was Savior was pumping out freaking lawyers and doctors and businessmen, um, politicians, and <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Anyway, uh, so I mean, I was I'm pretty much like one of the two black sheep of the family because I come from a family of lawyers and doctors and business people, accountants, yeah. teachers. I'm I'm an I'm an illustrator, right? So there'd be times where I think nah. You know, I'm the family disappointment where, uh, like, oh, I mean, do I really want to pursue this? That's why I actually decided to pursue 
uh, foreign affairs for a while just to, you know, I mean, maybe I really need to go into an academics course na, you know, maybe like this, this should, this is something that I should do. And I didn't, re- and it didn't really pan out. So again, that'd be another dark moment that I'll get into later. But, um, you know, see Sir Jerry, he was very, very, very helpful. And the times that I would see him at the com- at the convention, even the last one that he was at before he passed away, he was actually, he was very kind to me. So I'd have to give props to Sir Jerry always. I mean, always and forever, I'll be thankful to him. I um, think, yeah, I think if not, I'm not mistaken, that was Super Manila. Yeah, Super to. Manila. Yeah. Um, for foreign, I'd say uh, David Finch, Jim Lee. Um, obviously, yeah, as Camo said, Alex Ross. Uh, yeah, the, uh, there's there's been a lot. Actually, I've actually been discovering more and more recently that have been very like their styles I've actually really liked and I incorporate try to incorporate into my style more. But uh yeah. In in terms of wrestling, how did you become a fan? What's your origin story naman into the fandom? Wrestling I I was introduced to through my cousin. Uh my cousin had the game, I think it was SmackDown 2 for PS1. Uh so every time I'd go to his house we'd play that game. Um and then eventually he'd then eventually he'd show me like hey you know the stuff we've been playing it's actually real so he'd show it to me on TV and funny thing is my parents did not want me watching wrestling so mm-hmm. whenever mm-hmm. they were not at home I'd sneak it just like just the channels like <laughs> I was like oh like then I'd hear something about oh shit they're here change back <laughs> pretend I'm watching some freaking you know BS Cartoon Network stuff or whatever um do I have any any you know memories from Savior? Uh, some I'll get into later if you want to know. But uh, yeah, um, wrestling. I think uh, I mean it never I, it never really even though I stopped watching around two thousand, like leading into the new decade. Um, I never really like let go of that uh, love for it because again coming from comics. Um, I'd look at those guys as like, you know, this, the things that they do, especially like, you know, guys like Jeff Hardy. Um, sino pa? Uh, si Gold- or like, you know, see Goldberg, see Stone Cold, The Rock. Guys who are just giants to me, like larger than life characters. I'd be like, those are real life, you know, soup comic book characters, you know. And even though, even like, and as a kid, I didn't really give a damn about storylines or who got pushed to who. It's just, you know, it was like, man, these guys are just superheroes and they're just doing their thing. And, and to me, it was like every every week they were just, you know, I mean, it was real to me. And, you know, obviously. Um, but I'm, I mean, even, even to this day where just the thought that a wrestler, uh, an actual, you know, popular wrestler is actually like around my height or younger than me. I was like, fuck, man, that's, that's wild. Because I'm still in that... Ch- I still find myself in that child mindset uh, once in a while. Did you ever get to horse around in Savior with other classmates na mahilig din sa wrestling? Like, did you, ever, did you ever play those games or did you ever do the Master Lock Challenge? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Those, don't try this at home stuff. Those were suggestions. <laughs> that, wasn't, that, wasn't, that, that, that wasn't like, you know, oh, that wasn't like them playing, like, please don't try this. And I was like, yeah, we'll try it. Fine. You know. As long as you're not dead by the end of it, like, you know, I guess, <laughs> like, the success is that we weren't, 
seriously injured by the time we were done. But uh, yeah, um, you know, being the big kid, I'd always, I mean, finding guys who also paid attention to wrestling. Uh, I mean, that got, I mean, it got wild occasionally, but at the end of the day, I think it, you know, we're not dead. So <laughs> how, how did you, how did you end up uh, being an illustrator for wrestlers then? Like how were you able to merge the two fandoms? Uh, you being uh, uh, really into art and then designing merch for wrestlers. Like how did that come about? That started. Okay. That actually draws back to around 2013. Um, started when I first got introduced to when I when I was watching actually switched from wrestling to watching UFC, and uh, I think this was the time when Sylvia Ronda Rousey was big, and she was coaching on the Ultimate Fighter, which was like the reality show, and I got introduced to Shayna Baszler. I mean, you know, Shayna Baszler, she's like two-time NXT champion now. She's yeah. current yep. signed. Yep. So I've been following her career since the Ultimate Fighter, and. Um, you know, go through that. Then around 2016, she I realized she started uh, stream live streaming video games on Twitch. Um, you know, then I'd follow. Then I I made a Twitch account, followed her there. Um, you know, chatting with her a bunch of times. Um, even when she transitioned out of MMA in, into the indies, um, then she was I think in an indie show, and she had that, she had won the title at that indie show. Uh, Shayna Strong Zeros, yes. Um, she had won the title and she asked her, Hey, you know, I'm an illustrator, can I do a, an artwork for you? And she, Yeah, sure. You know, she asked, she was very, very uh, happy with the idea. So I made the I made the design, sent it to her. She she loved it. She showed it on stream, she showed it on her social media. It was um, it was amazing. And I think the reception that I got from that, from her. The reception I got from her, um, it was like it was very positive, and every and even you know every time I get it, it's always a lovely experience. Um, then I des- then I designed artwork for her roommate uh, Jasmine Duke, who is also in- on NXT. Shout um, out to Lance and Ong, favorite huge fan of Jasmine Duke. Huge fan of Jasmine Duke. Yeah, favorite, <laughs> favorite, favorite, <laughs> Magpapakomission oh. ako sa'yo ng fan art ni Jessamine Duke. Ibigay natin kay Dan sa. Yes, birthday gift. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, then, I mean, then they actually approached me to approach me and say, hey, you know, you should really sell this art. You should actually start making money. And I was kind of hesitant on it for a while because any time I'd actually try, because making money off, make, doing art for money was always something that I was I had in my mind, but you know, the minute people realized I'm not doing I'm not drawing for free, they you know freeze or they stop. Like you know, ah, never mind. Mm. And you know, I guess at the time it's like okay, I mean, you always have like you know you have your bills to pay and whatever. But it's like you know, I mean, throw something this way, shit. <laughs> I mean, I got bills to pay too. You know, I I was I was a teenager, but I still had bills. But you know, anyway, so um. But they they'd always like tell me you gotta make money you have to make money like you know you have to re- start charging for this stuff you know I I you know even they go I'd pay right so like you know I I it was it was in I was just like in mental storage for a while then through the Twitch streams through Jess and Jessamine and Shayna's Twitch streams I actually discovered Jessica Havoc who um mm-hmm. who and for those who don't know Jessica Havoc is currently on TNA Impact 
Um, she would. Uh, who, who is your favorite collaborator so far? Uh, <laughs> I think I'd, I'd say Jessica Havoc. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Camus. Um, so, I actually did an art small sketch for her, just a random one, just like uh, on a whim. Just wanted to do a sketch for her because, you know, um, then I showed it to her. It was on a notepad, which I still have somewhere stored away. I'll, I can show it to you guys later. Um, and she, you know, she loved, she was like, oh my gosh, these are great. Can I show this? Can I post this on social media? And she go, do you do commissions? I was like, well, I don't. I mean, has it ever interested you? Um, no, I mean, yeah, obviously. I mean, oh, shit, I, I, I want to make money. It's like, um, you know, one of these days I'll, I'll, I'll commission you. Okay, like, and it, and it, and it was a shock actually. Like someone was actually willing to pay for what I do. Then you know, over. The, I mean, I think like weeks, months went by, and actually, and nothing came of it. Then I would actually. Then I made a bigger um, portrait piece for her last year, actually, and she loved it so much. She's like, "Can you send this to me? I'll pay you. Like upfront, I'll pay you." Like, okay, how, how did so, you figure out how much you were gonna charge? Because hey, you're coming into this with the mindset that oh, I, I don't really know how to make money out of my work. So, did you uh talk to you mga veteran artists, you mga um uh, mentors, more like Sina Paul Medina or or Sir Jerry? Did you get to ask them on the dapating rate for a commission? Um, I was observing uh commission work when I'd go to conventions, I never really asked someone outright. Um, so when I go to Comic Cons, like Asia Pop or like the Comic Cons or IndieCat, I'd look at their tables for like their commission prices. Some would charge like 200 for a head sketch. Um, the more higher ups would charge up to a thousand for mga comic covers. Yeah, I think yung mga talagang big time were charging like five to five to ten thousand for like original work. So I was getting the ideas from there because you know, Comic Cons weren't just me, like you know having fun time and going and just spending money it was um it was also a learning experience because for a long time i wanted to be in the comics industry i wanted to make comic books uh so, until i took sorry so have you ever submitted sorry, sorry have, have you ever submitted to like companies publishing houses uh so that you could at least get on their uh, catalog or what or in deepa um I'd bring my portfolio to the conventions and I think there was actually one, um, there was a time when I went to, I think, I think it was an Asia pop. I'm not really sure, but someone was doing a portfolio review, someone for Marvel. Right. Oh, yes. No, I stand corrected. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, this Marvel, this Marvel portfolio review was in Benilde. Oh, okay. Um, so, so I brought my portfolio there and what they were looking for was more can you tell a story it wasn't just like what i do or like wow. individual pieces and so i actually wanted to learn how to make comics so i took a comics class and i figured out that very quickly that there was way more to this than i thought it would be it wasn't just you know freaking put art on paper and that's it right it was can you tell a story even without the dialogue can you are you able to do sequentials are you able to be consistent and that turned out to be something that i was i still was not very good at so it's still a learning experience for me um but in terms of the individual stuff um i actually did get some good feedback where they said there's something here but you know just keep working on it so 
Um, I haven't I haven't really worked on it in terms of comics, but I'm still trying to find my way. I'd say. Ever see PWR APC? Yes, I did. In fact, that's where I first figured found out about you guys. Oh, okay. There it is. So that was your first point of contact. All right. Uh, what yep. did you think of PWR when you were at Comic Con and you were there just trying to soak in um, information about uh, being a professional illustrator? To be like, oh, there's a wrestling ring right in the middle of Comic Con. Yeah, uh, that that was actually something along the lines of what I thought. Uh, so I didn't I didn't know what I mean. You know, looking at the at the guest list of who was going to be there, the attraction list. I was like, you know, okay, this one here, this person here. It's like, what PWR? It's, so, I mean, I've I've vaguely heard of it before, but I never really like took the time to look into it. So I was like, okay, well, I'll figure, figure it out. I'll figure this out when I get there. So, I pay, you know, I pay the pay the ticket, get in. First first thing I see, a giant ass wrestling ring in the middle <laughs> of the of the convention floor. I was like, what in the world? Then you know, I was like, okay, well, this is a thing. So I you know walk around. Then all of a sudden, I'd hear like. I hear like a like a big thud, and then suddenly reactions like off to my left. Like, what the fuck? So I I, I I rush over, and I think it was, oh my god! I think it was JDL. I remember. I think it was JDL was in the ring. I was like, okay, this is a thing. Like I didn't know this was this existed. So I mean, I thought it was just like you know, it was it was it was fun just to just stand there and just watch the action, right? Um. So I, I figured that's when I first figured out that you know the Philippines was there was there was a there was a wrestling um, a wrestling culture the wrestling culture here was actually starting to evolve into people were doing their own shows and yes Camos I did in fact enjoy it. <laughs> who stood out to you like from that first uh, interaction at Comic Con and PWR? Who stood out aside from JDL since you mentioned him now? Uh oh my gosh. It was so long ago. I, I don't really remember. I just remember. I know. I mean, the black and yellow. Obviously, I, I immediately thought JDL Natalega. So yeah. Um, I think I don't recall particularly. I think Billy Suede was there. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was there. Because when I saw Homecoming, when I saw him on home on the Homecoming like um, Instagram post, like, oh, fine, I've seen. I'm. He looks familiar, right? So it was like, okay, yeah. Now, now I remember. Yeah, Billy Suede. So, um, then you know, kind of just you know, like, okay, this is a thing. Then, whatever. Um, then cut to two thousand nineteen, last year where I figured out homecoming. And I was like, oh, okay. In Vertistan, plus, I was like, oh man, this thing really blew up. Cause you know, uh, so, you know, buy a ticket, go there. It's easily the best, probably four thousand pesos I spent for a ticket. I st- I'm I'm not I'm not just saying that because you know there there are like there are three PWR talent talents here. I'm just I'm really I'm saying that because you know I went in with no expectations and left blown away. As as someone who grew up watching WWE, this is a question from Jackie Arias on the live feed. Uh, what did you think of PWR? Given you know, you grew up with WWE, and then all all of a sudden in uh, a number of years, biglang this local company takes off. Uh okay. I think I think of um to, answer, to sort of answer that question, I think of like wrestling, the whole entire like east and e- both east and west. I think of wrestling as in terms of the comics multiverse. Uh 
di ba? Okay. Na okay. you have an you have an Earth one. I I think I actually posted this on Twitter uh, months ago. Na you have an Earth one, you have an Earth two, Earth three, Earth four, so on and so forth. Na each each Earth has its own has its own characters, and these characters have their own personalities. You know, in the in such a way that the writer wants it to be. If these characters were to leave that Earth and travel to the next one, now they're in the hands of whoever's writing for that Earth. So I figured no, no, it's not so much like, you know, that's why I, I actually I was actually against like you know people complaining about being pushed or who wasn't being used. It's like, man, I mean, just because someone someone was big on the Indies, that doesn't mean they're immediately gonna translate to big time on the mainstream. It'd be great if they did, and some of them actually did, which is fantastic. But you know, I mean, there's no guarantees, right? So I'm, to me, I'm like, just okay, go, go, on, go on with this, go on with this. So then realize that there was now a wrestling industry in the Philippines. It really was exciting because I figured, like, oh my God, the the comic book heroes are now here, right? Nah, I mean, I don't, ha- I don't have to like dream of one day being able to afford the ticket just to watch them in the states. I can actually like watch three. Yeah. I don't. I don't have to leave Earth One to go to Earth Three. <laughs> Earth Three is here now. <laughs> so, um, to so, I mean, I I honestly like. I'm I'm really supportive of you know the wrestling, uh, industry that's becoming a thing here, especially now that I'm actually friends with one of the talent for MWF. Um, uh, so I mean, knowing that those guys are good are you know are doing their thing and having and knowing PWRs doing their thing and sort it's sort of cultivating it's more it's it's it means good things. I think that's that should be something it's good things that are happening for for the Philippine wrestling industry. Yes. There, there's a question from the live feed from uh, Angelo Penera who asks who's your biggest influence in wrestling? Um Oh my gosh! Biggest influence in wrestling. Uh, I don't really know because I never really had aspirations to be a wrestler. Um, I guess in terms of sort of my art, in terms of being an art style, I'd say the luchadors. You know, because I mean the the whole concept of the masks, right, and the pageantry and the culture behind that. And the fact that they hold that so dear, it's, I mean, it's just a freaking piece of leather when you come down to it. But, I mean, the whole gravity of, you know, guys like Rey Mysterio, who, I mean, I'd say today he's probably the the most popular masked wrestler. Even, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would have to say, like, in big time, like, known the world over, I'd say Rey Mysterio. Jushin Liger, close second. Um, so, I mean, the concept of the masks, the, the whole pageant, again, yeah, mask pageantry, the, the way their acrobatic styles, um, and plus the whole characters, you know, the characters that they pursue because, uh, you know, who they are off screen, obviously not, it's, they're, they're not the same on screen, but I think that also goes a whole lot on, into a whole lot other level for luchadors where, Talagang, you know, they take on an entirely different person because you don't know who they are under that mask until they take them. They have to take the mask off, and when they take the mask off, suddenly it's a big, huge thing, diba? Na 
you know, when Ray, when Ray had to unmask the first time. Yeah. So WCW. Were you a fan? Sorry, Chino. Were you sure. a fan of well, it was weird. I felt like I was talking to myself. Anyway, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so were you a fan of Lucha Underground as well, considering that it was mostly luchadors, a lot of different masks, a lot of different personas, characters? Yeah. Um I enjoyed Lucha Underground very much. And I think Lucha Underground was really my uh, real and for true introduction into indie wrestling. Uh, you know, seeing that on, I think it was Kicks. I think I think that was the channel that right, was showing yeah. it. On, on yeah. So I think that's how I got introduced to guys like Pentagon Jr., uh, Ray Phoenix, Cage, see Sammy Calhan, who, who I, I have actually done art for a couple of times now. Nice. You know, um, yeah, so so for those who don't know, she's Sammy Calhan. He's Jeremiah Crane on Lucha Underground, and I think he was Solomon Crow in NXT. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So well, how do you how do these wrestlers uh get in touch with you? Like say, is it through networking? Do they reach out to you? Are you connected through somebody else? Uh Instagram. Back then it was Twitter and Instagram, but you know, I actually I, I did actually shut my Twitter down. Not too long ago, so uh, now it's primarily through Instagram. In fact, Instagram is how I get most of my clients. Um, that's how the Timothy Thatcher shirt came into existence. That's how most of the stuff um, that end up on pro wrestling tees come to be. Nice. Um, so you know, if whether it's them con- contacting me or me posting it up on posting it up by myself of the artwork. They get in touch to me through Instagram and say, "Hey, you know, I really like this. Can I, you know, can you send me a copy?" I'm like, sure. Um, so, you know, sure. Uh, you know, post it up. Then they then they would go. Then some of them would go a step further. Say, "Hey, can I post this on my wrestling tees? I want to make merch of this." Like, sure. Uh, so, you know. Then they'd ask, "You know, how much do you charge?" And that's really how I'd start. You know. That's how. That's the previous question. That's how I started navigating the waters of coming up with my rates. In fact, the past few months, my rates were before I changed them recently. My rates were for non-commercial use, which is like you know for gifts and stuff. It was fifty dollars, so it's like two five, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And then for <clears throat> commercial use, it was seventy-five dollars, which is I think like. Less, more or less, four, less than four thousand. So, and I actually did talk to Jessica Havoc about that because she actually she was actually very helpful in help in getting me, you know, in within the within the range of something that people were comfortable in showing, in in working with. And I was like, hey, you know, that's that's actually a fair price. I'd I'd pay very much for that. So you know, set it up that way, and then eventually, recently, I I've, I've sent it. I've increased it to the range of seventy-five to a hundred dollars. So, you know, we're going to cut you off a little bit because we're going to be showing uh, a photo of the Timothy Thatcher shirt that you designed, and I have a question about that because uh, Timothy Thatcher is um, notorious for not being on social media. And then you mentioned that uh, you connect through your clients because of social media. So, how did you get in touch with Timothy Thatcher then? Okay, so the story about this shirt is that this wasn't actually Tim per se contacting me. It was um, a photographer in, I think, in the UK. Um, someone who 
regularly regularly covers indie shows. Um, Beyond Gorilla on Instagram. Uh, he he contacted me and se- and asked if I could collab with him for the Tim Thatcher shirt. I think he was actually working something with Tim. So it was like a collab between them, and I just got thrown in the mix. So that's how that came to be. Uh, yeah, pretty yeah, pretty, that's pretty much it. So you know, Beyond Gorilla got in, got in contact with me to make the shirt. I made the shirt uh, or make the design. I made it for them, sent it in. That's how that came to be. How do you come up with the designs? Like, Kunar, something like this. How did you think of putting together um, like a collage, basically, of all his different looks? Oh, so what's the collaboration process like? like yeah, yeah. Somebody reaches out to you. Do you work on the idea with them? Or do you think of it yourself and show them after? Um, so I started the, the that particular design the whole collage type thing. I started that in January last year where the first person I did that for was Leva Bates. It was just like a oh. fan arts. It was just mm-hmm. a fan arts thing. So the, I think the overall design was just her and her different personas, right? Cause Leva Bates does the whole different characters and different, yep. uh, different person. I think she did one of like La Parca of Raven of see Sandman among others, like video games and comics and like pop culture. So that was the first one, and, and like I really enjoyed the look. So so much so that I just kept doing it. It just kept you know, turning out different, different versions of that for different wrestlers. So pretty much like my Instagram was just filled with those kinds of pieces because I just loved doing that theme so much because it helped me, it helped me um, practice on different angles, different you know styles of shading, different kinds of line work where. You know, because like, especially for facial expressions, like that 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 was really a big help. Um, for so for the so when this came when Beyond Gorilla uh contacted me, I mean he already had like an idea of what I of what he wanted based and it was of that uh particular theme. So, you know, he sent me different sample photo references that, um, and he said you know just take your pick from this. And I just come up with a like a really rough preliminary on like on a piece of note on a notepad or a piece of paper. Take a picture, send that to him. Said, and he'd give like his critiques whether he wanted something adjusted or he was okay with it. And thankfully, the first try he said, "Yeah, I'm good with this. Let's do this." So, pretty much it. Um, how, how does it feel when you work with these uh, these names, these wrestlers? Uh, you know, my name value, sila, and then they tell you, "Nah, hey, I really love what you did with this, or I want to use this uh, this design to uh, be the basis of my next T-shirt." How does that feel? Honestly, I've been doing this for close to three years, four years now, and it has never gotten old. Um, just to be able to constantly grow the grow the sort of my I guess grow my personal brand if that's the way to call it um, I mean just the idea of posting an, an artwork of Killer Kelly on my Instagram not thinking anything of it like you know whatever I mean it's you know fan art and suddenly getting a DM where it's like I love this so much can I make can, can I make this a shirt it's like and then and Every time I was like, Jesus Christ, this this really is this real? 
is this real? Is it, you know, it's it's never gotten it's like, is this real? Did this really just happen? Right? I mean, to be able to to have someone like Shayna actually call me a friend. Someone like Jessica Havoc to actually say, you know, I'm friends with this guy. You know, to and sh- to have feedback like, you know, I ha- my my coworkers actually really want to get in touch with you. Um, where can they get in touch with you? Um, just to be able to sh- spread that around and um, just to know that once upon a time, I was very, very depressed. Not too long ago, um, I was actually, you know, contemplating doing something that I think, you know, I would I would consider a permanent solution to a temporary problem, if that's a way to put it. And to know that, you know, you can actually dig yourself out of that hole. Or actually, I've been I've been able to dig myself out of that hole and keep you know I'm still I'm still climbing, right? I mean this 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 shit doesn't end anytime soon. So to know that I mean to know that I have I have people wearing my shirt wearing shirts that I help make, yeah. To know that my my stuff actually went as far as Germany, right? For indie shows in in the in Europe, na talagang you know I I've I've never, I've never had aspirations to be a wrestler, but in some way, I'm still technically part of the wrestling business. Yeah, you absolutely very, are. Dude. It's 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 very very uh, fortunate that I get to I'm able to do what I do, and my parents are actually were actually very supportive of it because I could have very easily ended up with the kind of family that said, "No, don't do this," right? I mean, oh, you know, you have Yeah, you you know, but but lawyer, but doctor. Right, I could have very easily ended up with the unfortunate luck of being considered the family disappointment, and the fact that they said when I pitched the idea of first going to UP Fine Arts, or and then eventually to CSB, um, because that was the only available option left. Now uh, my parents were like, "Go, go for it!" I was like, "Come on, man." I'm f- you're, I mean, you're really fortunate. You're really fortunate that uh, you get to have then th- that type of support system. And uh, you mentioned now uh, turning these these clients into friends. I think that's also a really valuable support system. And I'm really happy now. You know, when I see these interactions uh, on social media, I think uh, Cassius Ono has also interacted with you on social media. Have you worked with him? Uh, not yet, but you know that's in the works. Camus, I can't see the sign. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I Tell us about that homecoming meetup with TJP and Jeff Cobb. Oh my goodness. Uh, okay, so, uh, so when I first got, you know, I mean, the news broke out that TJP and Jeff Cobb are going to be there. Um, be, I mean, TJP and Jeff were on my list of like artwork to do uh, or people to do artwork of. Um, so when the news broke out, it's like, okay, well, no time like the present, right? And I'll be able to get their in-person reactions. So, you know, do the work, show up to the venue. First person I meet is Jeff Club, And my hands, I'm no joke, my hands were shaking, right? Freaking, it wasn't just the fact that it was raining out, it was cold. It was, it, it was like, it was a re- surreal experience because Jeff was easily Jeff was shorter than me, but goddamn, was that guy <laughs> like he gave me a hug and I felt the strength. Like I was like, you know, I was like, man, thank God this guy's not a maniac. Because <laughs> it, it felt like 
felt it felt like he could very easily like throw me through a wall if he wanted to. I mean, that guy was freaking. I mean, it, it was it was kind of scary. See, like he, he's like half a head shorter, but fuck, man. Oh my god. <coughs> oh my god. But, Look at that guy. But <laughs> I, dude, I'd be lying if I said those two weren't like weren't probably the nicest people. I mean, literally. I mean, you know. They were they were like open to like handshakes or Jeff gave me a hug which was amazing, right? So I'm 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 very thankful that I got to have that opportunity. The boss cop, boss, boss cop, cop. yep. And then uh, you know, yeah. Then like then meeting you guys after the show, right? I mean, because you know, uh, especially like especially see Stan. Okay, here's how I figured Stan was Siberian. <laughs> This, I mean, just like watching his mannerisms, and I, I, I don't think I explained this well when I was talking to to Stan on through DMs. Um, just watching him, the way he carried himself, that talagang like this guy, it's this guy's had practice or this guy's been through something, like parang savior yanto. <laughs> Where and and you know my my initial and being in savior for fourteen years, my initial thought was like any time during the. Any Filipino, any Chinoy looking person, immediately I assume is Siberian. So, but the way na, no, yung talagang rich kid persona na talaga, yung tipong I'm better than you, elitist person talagang, this, this guy's doing this too well. It's not, <laughs> it's, yun, 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 yun. It's, like, uh, it, it's funny because coming from a Siberian standpoint, I, I think we have like an internal radar, like we can sense one another. So yeah. whenever there are people who come across not Siberian and actually are like yourself, Chino, you don't give up that vibe. Uh gulat on my end. Oh wow, you're not Siberian, right? Which you know, Chino? And... <laughs> is Chino him or me? Oh no, not not Chino Liao, Chino Andin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I you know, I guess it's sort of like I mean Stan, I mean Stan, you know. I'm we're, Savior has not been perfect in who they've produced. Oh yeah, we have crappy, uh, <laughs> crappy excuses of human beings coming out of our. Yeah. Uh, of, out that's of putting our... it really nicely. Yeah, yeah that's putting yeah, yeah, it really I'm, nicely. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not pieces of shit. Yes, I'm not. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, you know, I, I relatively my time there was, you know, I, I relatively enjoyed it, but at the same time, I'm not so, I'm not so blind as to think that we were perfect, right? So I think, I mean, I'm I would say I'm a product of people who I've taken who I've taken example of not to be. Right. Talagang, like who, just observing people na, because I see a lot of them in me, in how I used to be back in because back in Savior man I was also a piece of crap. I'm not gonna lie, being the big being the bigger kid, I mean, you know what does that do for your mindset? Yeah, talagang you know. You're the big guy. You're the. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I was a bully. I was a freaking. I was picking on anyone smaller than me because I could. Eventually, that stopped being cute. Why? They grew bigger. <laughs> yeah, that's so, kind and, of you know, the basis of. And it's like, and it's knowing that, that. Yeah. Knowing that people, you know, knowing that 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 bus eventually just stops being cute. That, I mean, it's a it's a really humbling experience. Yep, and you know, going through going through stuff that I pretty much put myself into. I got left back in first in freshman year, because you know I just didn't take life seriously. 
you know, I was just waiting for the good things to just fall into my lap, right? Because hell, it worked before. Why wouldn't it work again? Actually, it didn't work. So now yep. you have to work your way back up. And, you know, I've done workshops back in Savior for, for arts courses. And I tell the guys at the end, uh, enjoy the youth you have while you can. Because life is going to hit you hard. And be prepared when it does. Because you're going to realize this, this, this shit is, is not, <laughs> it's not going to get you far. And God help you if it does. Because you're going to be in for a hell of a wake-up call. Yeah. Yeah, Kamos, uh, you know. Kamos was Saverian also. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. Let's say hi real quick to uh, Mr. Stanley Chi of the Underpaid Podcast, also under the Podcast Network Asia Umbrella, uh, saying hi to Antoine and to Joe as well on the live feed. Let's uh, take it back to uh, to PWR because that's how uh, you know that that that's how we um, or that's how you caught our attention because you went to homecoming and you had yung yung mga artwork na for TJ and Jeff Cobb. And then soon, soon after that, you started making artwork for the PWR guys and girls. And Camus is actually holding the fan art you made of him. So um, who were the, who were the PWR personalities and wrestlers that you, uh, that really caught your eye from that homecoming uh, experience other than the folks you've already mentioned? And who was the first one you started to draw? Um, actually, before I went to homecoming, I found out Kali Nueva was following me on Twitter. Na, it's sort of like, you know, I you know, get the notification, like, so-and-so followed you on Twitter. I was like, so, you know, hover the name. Kali Nueva, PWR. Like, oh, okay. That's, I, I've, I've heard of those initials before. So eventually, you know, I, I make my own homecoming. First person I see is see Evan Carlo. Yeah. Yung, ano, yung, I mean, you know, going around the ring, he's, he's obviously doing the, the fanfare, right? Um, then eventually, you see Chino Ginto. Yun si Chino Ginto talaga. He was like, he was very, very, very kind to me. Yung he posed for the selfie when I when I went to take one. Um, it was very cool. Uh, then I think f- for that at that time at that time of homecoming, that was it. You know, obviously, then after the show, I, I go around. Talag, yung, you know, people were very, very warm, very friendly. Obviously, you know, you guys, si Panzer, si... <laughs> yeah. Uh, who else? Yeah, si, who, pa- who ano, si Panzer. Oh, Kalin, Kalin Nueva was the first one. Then eventually, okay. si Chino Ginto. So, I know, those two guys first, then... I think that went to see Ralph Imabayashi. Yeah. Um, it was really just like random, talaga, like, you know, the first one I see, and talagang drawing ko. So it was um, just random, ra- really, really random selection. Wasn't, uh, wasn't really specific. Would you like look for the posters or would you uh, look at their images on Instagram or the Habbacheco photos? Uh, Instagram. Mostly Instagram. Um, or the what you guys had on your WordPress site, okay? Yung that uh PWR, PWR yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yung poses nyo doon, the expressions, then I use that for reference. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, after the individual sketches, I think this is towards and towards the uh, the lockdown because like you went to the Robbie Eagle show and you gave us all the individual uh, artwork, right? And we were like blown away. And then after that, you started drawing groups. So you drew MSG and then you drew the Naughty Boys. Like, how did that come about? Um. Yeah, I, I actually do remember the Love at First Fight uh, receptions. You guys, yeah, you guys were very, were you guys were awesome. Um. Actually, I think remember see si, see si freaked out when I gave him his. <laughs> uh, yeah. now, 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 to be fair, no, freaks out at everything. That's yeah, that's true. true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm the the big portraits. Um, those were stuff that I just really wanted to do for a long time. After the after the after love at first fight, then I, the plan was to give that give those to you guys at. Um, Path of Gold. Obviously, that didn't happen. So, I mean, that those are actually sit still. Those, I think I still have them somewhere. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the the plan always was just to hand those guys hand those over to you at uh, POG. Uh, so, yeah, the voice image. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. That's that's it. Um, I mean, that those 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 came about just looking at movie posters, really. The whole layout of them. Mm-hmm. So Kamu says the naughty boys still owe you strong zeros. If that's your uh, poison of choice, still me strong zero. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay. I I was I was actually curious about strong zeros because like every other wrestler is talking about it then i found out like they actually sell those here i was like oh yeah. shit no oh, yeah. i mean might as well try it so i i you know i bought myself a can and you know it was good yeah i actually thought they were there's, energy drinks there's a, there's a section in the locker room that downs the strong zeros way before the show ends so by the time they're <laughs> out to meet and greet the fans like yourself they're already on the good stuff yeah uh yep. i'll give you a hit a stable nikamos how much is the one in charge of bringing strong zeros to the backstage? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that explains a lot. Yeah, actually, and um C E C E C X was the plan always was to have strong zeros together at POG. But hey. someone had to eat a bat, so as we wind down, let's get to our last few questions. Let's start off with this one. Um, you know, now that you're at, at this stage in your career, now you're opening yourself up to commissions. You're getting more work on your plate. Uh, what what other goals do you have in mind, especially as an artist who works with wrestlers? One goal is WrestleCon. Uh, you know, I mean, follow being able to follow indie wrestlers these days knowing you know i actually got familiar with wrestlecon so the idea is to eventually i mean the plan is to still make enough money to at least visit the states and yeah. watch wrestling there um i mean right now the, the plan is to just keep hustling because you know i'm i'm fortunate enough to still be able to make money despite mm-hmm. what's going on and you know um Prime reason why I shut down my Twitter is that it was just starting to get way overwhelming. The not just the not just the you know the 
stuff incurred events, but even just, you know, the way people were just talking to each other was just, it was mentally draining. So that's why I kind of shut that down. But I mean, the, the plan still is to just keep on moving wherever I find it. And, you know, I mean, because the, the other option is to just stop making money. Yeah. And, you know, just stop working. Yeah, that's never it's, an option. Because, <laughs> I mean, whether we like it or not, despite the fact that those who those who should know better have pretty much just stubbed their, stubbed their toe and shot themselves in the foot every single step of the way. I mean... The fact of the matter is, we still got them. We still got them. You know, put food in our table. Still got to pay our bills. We still got to keep the lights on. So, at the end of the day, if you have the opportunity to do that, I mean, you you got to take the chance. Yep. So, but I'm but I'm lucky enough to still be able to do what I do in the comfort of my chair at my home. So, I mean, if if I have if I'm that lucky, why wouldn't I take? Why would why can't I? Why should why shouldn't I? take advantage so yep. and you know the fact that i've been able to work with so many awesome people in the past few years shana jessamine sammy jessica jessica havoc killer kelly her, her boyfriend actually I've, I've, I've been able to make art for her boyfriend um alexander james so who, who does work for wxw in in europe um the because i was i i mean most people start local then go abroad i've sort of 360 that and started abroad and now and i'm now working local so i mean and listen to be able to eventually find myself here talking to you guys man i'm i'm i think i'm pretty i'm doing pretty well for myself right absolutely i I mean because listen i've never i mean i've never been invited on a a podcast before as you can probably tell because i'm stuttering so much but (laughs) I do I mean, find this, this, yeah, the, the, this. I mean, it's it's sort of a learning experience for me that I can never just sit around and wait for the good things to happen. If I have to, I mean, you wanna you wanna find it, chase it, and it might fail disastrously, which it has sometimes for me, and it might work out fine. You gotta keep looking for the good in just about everything. I mean, you know, the lockdowns happened. I. I mean, you you turn on the news; it's just BS coming down the road. But when anyone else, I was always of the belief that, well, nowadays I am, but um, just to sort of make myself look sound philosophical. When everything else fails, you gotta look out for each other. And you know, I've been able to, I mean, my, sort of like observing my neighbors, where some of them were like, "Hey, by the way, I make," you know. I, I have stock in this market or I'm stuck in or I have you know connections in like the food and drink organization do you guys want anything do you got you know they set up a market here um, that's open every Saturday for to help farmers there's a po when I was in when I was in a uh, CAT there was a poem that went I know I can't do everything but I can do something. What I can do is what I ought to do, and what I ought to do for the grace of God I will do. Let's say you know you you you. I mean, every time, I've I've found strength in other people, and I've honestly don't think I'd have made it this far without the people that I've this that that have just been constantly supportive, and not only just you know sh- showering me with praises, but also helping me along. Like 
checking me when I needed to be checked. Because anytime you stumble, you, I, the last thing I ever want in my life is guess people. Just mindlessly, you know, saying that you're, that you're doing well, you're doing okay. I want, I always want people in, in my, in life to sort of like push me in the right direction. You know, where am I going? Where am I doing wrong? How can I improve? Because you never stop learning, dude. I mean, I'm, hell, I'm, hell, I'm 26. I still have a life ahead of me. Right. So, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta keep pushing. You gotta keep, as he, as Dustin Rhodes would say, keep stepping. You gotta keep stepping. And, and, you know, I mean, just and eventually you will find something it might not be you know it might not rome might not happen overnight but it'll happen if you just keep pushing speaking right? of uh keeping on pushing um can you give us a tease about the next wrestlers who you're going to be working with or like the next collab something to watch out for on your ig and take this opportunity to, to plug your instagram so people can check out your work and get in touch with you for commissions and whatnot so if you guys want to follow me on Instagram, it's at Art Andin, A-R-T underscore A-N-D-I-N. Uh, and I actually do have a Facebook page now that is also Art Andin, A-R-T, A-N-D-I-N. Um, as far as wrestlers collabs go, I'm not really working on with anyone right now. Um, you know, again, I'm taking a break, but I will be back again in, in July. Taking commissions. Um, as far as what I'm doing now, in fact, I'll adjust it. Let me just turn on a lamp. I actually, there is something I, I kind of wanted to get this done before we came on, but you know, hell, no time like the present. So, PWR art, Bato. Ooh, I'm so excited. Oh my hey! god. Hey! hey! Better than PWRI. Look at Chino's fan art now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no lang si Chino on the uh on, on the camera. But yeah, it's uh it's 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 art of the wrestling wrestling podcast. Thank it's you. Pieces. Yeah, yep, couldn't yep, believe yep. that was pretty fast. Wow. No, well, he says he lost his chat connection. <laughs> no, I'm here. So awesome. I thought we were so awesome that his camera had to cut out. <laughs> that is awesome, sir. There's Camus. Camus, on the why? Why? Why were you asking why, Camus? Why? Why do you? Ayo man ng ano ng panibagong fan art. Gusto mo ba ng shitty shut up Camus designs natin? Yeah, you want a shitty shut up. Is Camus the Meg Griffin of this of this organization? Yes, is that yes he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, he yep. is. I will All say, right. Stan, that, that floral shirt is annoying. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, I I bet if you and Stan had known that you'd end up drawing that, he would have done <laughs> that floral shirt that day. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I'm <laughs> Like, yeah. like, I, I, like oh, I'll tell you right now, I don't know what shirt I was wearing, but I would have wished that I wore something more poppy. <laughs> something wait, 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 uh, uh, wait. I, have, I have a question. I have a question. Go. Why is uh, why is ink your preferred medium? Um, I mean, that, that also goes back to my comic. Okay. Uh, background. Nah. And I really enjoy, um, and I, I really enjoy traditional, 
your pen and ink because I don't know, it's sort of like getting my hands dirty. Um, I tried digital. I'm not very good at it. Don't know why. Okay. I mean, you'd think it translate, but it did not. It just never did. But uh, I don't know. I guess sort of like sort of the nostalgic aspect of it, the old school aspect of it. Um, the fact that again, getting my hands dirty, sort of taking nothing and then creating something. Um, it's it's been more fulfilling for me, and plus it's been something. It's something that I've been doing for forever. Nah, and you know it's and actually one of my mom's friends who does who does work in advertising has encouraged me to never let go of that of uh what i do with pen and ink yeah so, yeah super valuable sorry um uh so i want to ask you know that now that we've covered all the wrestlers you've drawn all the wrestlers you've collaborated with is there anybody that you want to collaborate with in the future like a dream wrestler or a dream client Uh, dream client. Huh. I mean, if I had the opportunity, uh, Undertaker. Nice. Right. Um, because I mean, yeah, for for all the for all the for all the preaching about, you know, about the semantics of wrestling, the fact that one of the fact that one of the most celebrated personas in wrestling is an undead voodoo priest. <laughs> that is still relevant years <laughs> later it's 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 a it's sort of a testament to how strong that character is um but yeah undertaker uh just you know being able to make art for the heroes that i've looked up to since i was a kid just to be able to sort of live that childhood again but in a different sense where you know they're they're actually you know I'm out, they're actually able to see what I what I do, and I think that's also a testament to the power of social media. Where for as much as it can be a cesspool, I think it actually can be used for good, right? All right. So um, yeah, uh, one of our last few questions, Eto from Camus. Can you please show us the setup before we go? And Siguro, uh, you can give a play-by-play of your setup for those who are listening to us on the audio format. Yeah. Oh my gosh, uh, my setup. Mm, it's ninety percent art materials. <laughs> uh, hang on. Let's see if I can. Can we see? Let's can see we if see? I can. Yeah, yeah. Let's check it out. We show, we saw we saw some of it, Kenina, when you showed us the artwork. Yeah. But yeah. Honestly, I want to see an artist's on, desk. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. Yep. Thing, things are happening. Hang on. <laughs> so so oh, Chief, how are you trying to do that? Uh, I want to know uh the art on your wall, is that all by you or is that things you've collected through commissions? Oh no, that's those are that's just my collection from conventions right. and stuff. Um, I think you see at the back, I've got like a couple of Pentagon masks that I've ordered. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Some desk. Yeah. Nice. So, nice. Uh, hang on. I'll just I'll take my headphones off. Show you the setup that I've got. Yeah. So uh, Chino Andin is uh, showing us the setup niya ngayon. So uh, from what I see, there's there's a there's a lamp. There's a lot of uh, pens. A lot of pens. Definitely yeah, a lot of pens. Uh, yeah. Just you know, pens and stuff. Uh 
this and that art materials. I I don't remember why I have that lighter. I don't even smoke. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just you know, it's not like a gaming setup where everything's like yep. pristine. Yep. I'd say my desk is like a madhouse. Which yeah, uh, organized chaos. About it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I think that pretty much brings us to the end of the interview. So again, if you want to follow uh, Chino over on Instagram, it's at art underscore Andin. And uh, you can check out his commissions over there. You can also check out the work he's done with all the wrestlers he's collaborated with. And siyempre, pati yung fan art for PWR. Um, I, I really hope that one day we're able to commission you for work because your work deserves to be on some local merch, man. Anytime. Yeah, one one day when all of this is over, when we're able to go out again and actually put on shows, hopefully uh, make some money, we'll, we'll uh, put something together. And who knows, maybe the next MSG shirt could be a Chino Andin collab. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Kissing a picture of himself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who hasn't done that once or twice? <laughs> I have never done that ever. So. Clearly not Raph But you don't have a picture of yourself. Of that, Chino yet. Yeah, that's true. You will soon. I do now. Yeah, it's in the works. I mean, technically, yeah. <laughs> and you know, and you know, I, I want to say once again, guys. Um, I had a lot of fun, and you know, first time I've been invited on a podcast, so thank oh, you very but much. I, but I, again, hopefully, I it's not the last. hopefully, yeah, hopefully, it's not the last. Uh, you know, I know things. See, I mean, this is coming from someone who's you know who doesn't know any better, but. You know, I know things seem bleak and really, I mean, shit's fucked up. Yeah. But, you know, there, I mean, I've, I've gone outside and there are good people out there. And, you know, human, I, I, I have to, even for the sake of my own sanity, hum, I have to believe humanity is not as messed up as Facebook makes it look. So, you know, I mean, from bottom of my heart, thank you guys. Love you guys. Please keep safe. Please keep healthy. And this doesn't just go for me, for you guys, but for the rest of the people watching. Um, because, I mean, like I said, when all else fails, we got to look out for each other. Absolutely. Right. 100% yeah, agree. That's true. Thank, Thank you, you so Thank much, you. Chino. Uh, all, all the love and respect for you and everything that you do. That's Chino Andin. Again, follow him at art underscore Andin. Camus Baligtad. Camus. My God. Good job, Andin. You had one Bless job. Your heart. One Bless job your heart. to hold up the sign. <laughs> Thanks, Chino. We were doing so well. Thank Chino, you, guys. You can, uh, you, you can go to the backstage area if you like, or uh, you can leave the studio then if uh, you don't want to uh, listen to the, to the uh, post-interview conversations. But we really appreciate you taking some time out to just hang out with <laughs> us tonight, man. Much better, Camus. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a good Thank one, you. bud. So there you have yep. it. Gino Andin, if you like his work, go hit him up for a commission. He'll be opening uh, He'll be opening himself up again by July, which is in a couple of weeks. And uh, speaking of July, um, we're building towards a lot more uh, a lot more wrestling that we're actually looking forward to. And I know Camus has been dying to get into this, and that's the New Japan Cup. So it started yesterday. Uh, today is day two, and then they're going to take a quick break, and then they're coming back again uh, over the weekend or on Monday, diba? Right? Yes, I'm pretty sad as well about that uh, Tito fight. I got spoiled, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So there. Well, um, um, 
Any any right thoughts now, on the new Japan Cup and what little we've seen of it so far? Uh, right now they're getting the smaller matchups out of the way, so it's not the biggest matchup you'll see is from today, uh, Yuji Nagata versus Minoru Suzuki, Okada versus uh, Gedo. Uh, yesterday, yesterday's main event wasn't a really, really main event. Main event, if you will, it was El Desperado versus uh, Tomohiro Ishii. Like Ishii's like the biggest name. But the bigger names were on another multi-man tag match before that. So if you haven't seen any of it yet, you're not missing much as of now. But if you do miss New Japan Wrestling, you better watch it now. Because it's the same old New Japan. Nothing's changed except for the except for the lack of crowds. But as we were talking about uh, this while we were watching yesterday, it doesn't seem all that different. Because when you watch a New Japan show under normal circumstances uh the crowd isn't all that noisy anyway so when you watch it now it's like there's not much that's changed when you uh when you think about the atmosphere yeah two days in it's good shit. yeah there is no drop off uh it feels like they haven't stopped wrestling for the what past three or so or four four months i think four three yeah yeah three all right yeah, and so it feels like they haven't lost a step. Uh, some people definitely live in the New Japan Dojo. People are in the gym. Some people, uh, like Senataiji Ishimori, don't look like they've had their quarantine bodies. Uh, so it's good for them that they've still managed to keep in ring shape and in you know uh, actual body shape. So if you want something good uh, that. Uh, is not WWE or any AEW or any other Western wrestling. Go catch the New Japan Cup. It's not. Uh, it's not an investful watch. It's not uh, super long. Uh, you can easily clear it. Uh, clear it after like two hours of your day. All right. And speaking of AEW, uh, to me this is newsworthy. But FDR made their debut uh, on that's Dynamite. right. Yep, yep. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I, I like this little feud they have with uh, the Butcher and the Blade, and now they're transitioning into this uh, this story with the Young Bucks. So um, it's it's high time this happened, and you know, kahit na a few years in the making, na siya, I'm still hyped for it. So sana lang it happened in front of a crowd, but you know, uh, we're doing with making do with what we have, diba. So whatever. Yeah, we all wish Edge made this return in front of a crowd of thousands, but you know, right. we get what we get, and I'm happy that. Uh, the now known uh, Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood. Harwood, Harwood, yeah. Harwood, uh, it's, it's still confusing to say. Uh, I have made their debut in a brand that will respect their talents and not make them dress up like clowns. So good for you. <laughs> you know, they were actually going to do that. They were actually yeah, going to run with it. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were. They talked about it on Talk is Jericho, and it just yeah. <laughs> more flabbergasted than ever. Just like the. <laughs> Seriously, babe. Seriously. Oh, wait, wait. Sorry. Speaking of speaking of dumb gimmicks, I can't believe we we missed this. But the super weird ninja biker gang that that showed up <laughs> on backlash. <laughs> have, yeah. No, we have to talk about this. I say it is racist as fuck. Yeah, super racist as fuck. Incredibly racist as fuck to have Akira Tozawa, even though Akira Tozawa is your generic. As your usual smiley guy who's 110% into the gimmick just because it's something for him to do. It's it's TV time for him to get into. But wow, I can't oh, believe oh, oh, it. I don't, know, I don't know if you guys noticed, but one of the ninjas was white. He was yeah, a, he's a white guy in a ninja costume. 
Did, you know, did, you, did you know that the biggest ninja was black? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you knew oh basketball God. player that they recruited. Yeah, see, Jordan Omobehin. Yeah, um, yeah. So, okay, for me, so even the whole segment of uh, the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits was way too drawn out for it to be actually funny anymore. Like, after. Yeah, yeah. It jumped the shark. Sorry? It jumped, it jumped the shark. The shark. Yeah, there we go. It did jump the shark, even if they used it as a means to recall everything that happened between them in the previous weeks. This was just way too long to be any of any use. And then I fell asleep, honestly, as it was you going. I, 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 I'm just happy that the Viking Raiders seem happy to do it. I mean, they seem pretty, ex- I mean, they seem pretty entertained by what they're doing. I guess. I, don't I mean, know. you know, if, if it keeps them employed and yeah, right. then yeah. Sa- sa- sana lang walang racism, you know? Yeah, and, and, and yeah. I think they're right. happy not being treated as a generic Viking tag team. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Bruce Kome, oh, we're really strong. Right? Like, they, they like, I guess they like the depth added to their character that they can be funny and cute. That they like sports. <laughs> they play sports, they're good bowlers. <laughs> For some reason, it's depth, sure. But then there's a line between depth and humor and just flat out insensitivity. Yeah, I think this could, this show could have done without the whole cinematic treatment. I think if they didn't do a cinematic segment, segment to be honest, uh, if they didn't do this between the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits, I think it would have set up whatever cinematic thing they were going to do on the next pay-per-view much better because now at this point i don't know about you guys but now after after calling it at wrestlemania that every show should have a cinematic segment now i'm pretty tired of it and i didn't want to be tired of cinematic segments because i I thought they were pretty creative when they were really good it still boils down to the execution of how things are pulled out like with this one yes little dragging but with maybe with uh, a looser example would be the greatest ma- wrestling match ever. That was a bit cinematic, you know? They ha- they added yeah. angles to that. They added post production to that. It was cinematic, sure, but it wasn't as overly done, overly produced as the uh, Viking Raiders Sea Profits or the Viking Profits, as uh, Kam- they are now called. Kamas is saying that Heyman is off Raw now, but yes, Kamas, you you forget that Heyman was still on the job when they were doing the whole Street Profits, Viking Viking Raiders, I can do better stuff on Raw every week. So he's he he is to blame for all of this. Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts on Backlash uh, before we call it a night? Incredibly uh, racist. No, make no make no bones about it. That was incredibly racist. Yeah, Sa- Sasha and Bailey retained. Uh, do you guys have thoughts about that? Yeah, finally, yeah. Sasha has retained the championship. Yeah, uh, it's the okay. first ever title she's ever retained. Um, okay, lang din na, you know they're gonna get all that exposure going to Raw uh, to deal with the Iconics and NXT to deal with uh, Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart. So you know, it is what it's it all is. All good. All good. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. All right. Let's get to our yeah. picks of the week. Let's uh, ask it. So, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> let's start with Camus. Camus, what's your right, pick? I of just want week? to say something about the Hardy Sheamus match. Yeah, Real go quick. ahead. Have a to Camus. Yeah, see, Hardy, Jeff Hardy posted 
a bunch of pictures of him and Matt holding tag team titles on his Instagram. Now, whether this is leading to him signing with AEW or reuniting with his brother, I don't know. But it's just timely that he posted these pictures, um, this collage of pictures, rather, uh, right after he got his ass handed to him by Sheamus. And I don't know what his contract status is, but I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. I think it's a... Yeah, but expired now. And I think it's a pretty much done deal. Now AEW would want Jeff as well. Because, uh, if they're gonna get the whole broken universe back together, it's probably a lock. And it, Jeff is a big name for them. Eh? Right. All right. All so right. okay, Camus, what's your pick of the week? All right. Desperado yeah, he, he, versus, he versus Desperado. Yeah. Okay. Because New Japan Cup. All right. Chino, what's okay. yours? Uh the greatest wrestling match ever between Edge and Orton. It is yeah. it's still worth watching guys. all right uh i was gonna pick that too but he dips it so let's just go with hiromu versus uh honma from yesterday because i haven't seen today's new japan cup matches yet all right and i'm gonna pick daniel bryan versus aj styles from smackdown and you can alam but uh it was a great match and it actually lasted what three segments so yeah, yeah. Uh, great Intercontinental Championship match, and I'm excited for the phenomenal reign of the Intercontinental Champion. All right, All and right. with that, we are at the end of another episode of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Kind of went a little bit long to, uh, tonight, but there was a lot to unpack, lots of stuff to talk about as well. Thanks again to Chino Andin for joining us, and you can follow him again at Art underscore Andin. But as for us, you can follow us at Wrestling Wrestling Podcast or on Twitter at Wrestling Two X Pod. Individually, it is at Chino Supersized, at Caveman Camus, at Rose War, and at underscore Stan C. On behalf of Babyface producer Ryan, you got to say thank you for uh, watching the stream and for joining us. And well, uh, until I guess next time, uh, I hope that you stay safe, stay well. Uh, don't go out unless you have to. And don't put yourself at unnecessary risk to the coronavirus. So with that, the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, this episode is in the books. Thank you very much. We are out of here. Peace.